This is a very, very powerful scripture. It tells us that we're to study the word. Not just read the word, but study the word. Study to show thyself approved unto God. Now, it's not because we get a little sticker on our chart up in heaven if we read the word. We get approved unto God when we understand the truth from this thing. It's the truth you know that sets you free. He loves us if we never read the thing and don't understand any of it. Amen? Approval means the blessing flows forth, the anointing flows forth. We get the manifestations of the things we're believing for because we've studied to show ourselves approved, get understanding, we get light. Don't ever get to the place where you think you've arrived. My doctrine's right. I'm telling you, God's changing my doctrine regular like. I learned some things this week. I was studying in a book on tithing and giving and I learned some things this week I did not know. Hallelujah. And so we ought to be always learning. That's what disciples are is learners. And we ought to be always learning. So many people have just stopped learning. They're just dead in their tracks. And, and that's what happens when you stop learning is you die. A, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed. You know we could be ashamed. We're ashamed when we don't have what we're supposed to have in God. Hallelujah. Rightly dividing the word of truth. We have to divide the word of God. If you can rightly divide it, then you can wrongly divide it. And I'll tell you, there's confusion in Christians today. One reason, they're wrongly dividing the Bible. They're wrongly dividing the Bible. Every hard thing to understand in the Bible comes from wrongly dividing the word. And there's two things I want to point out to you tonight about dividing, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Glory to God. Just kind of hit the ground running tonight. The anointing's here to do business tonight. 1 Corinthians 10, 32. This is a, a very important division of the Word of God. And this messes a lot of people up. You'll hear things taught on TV, on Christian television that aren't right just simply because people don't divide the Word in, from this perspective, it says, Give none offense, neither to the Jews, nor to the Gentiles, nor to the church of God. And so he gives us three people groups there. The Jews, the Gentiles, which is the word nations. It's the unsaved. The Jews, the sinner, the unsaved person, and the church. We are the church. We're in the church group. Now, here's the thing. This Bible is all inspired. But some of it was written to the Jews. And it wasn't written to us. And some of it was written to the nations, unsaved, and it wasn't written to us. God has messages to the unsaved in here. He has some messages about judgment and things like that to the unsaved. And then he has messages that are just for the church. We're a very, very unique body. The church is awesome. And he has messages to the church that aren't for the Jew, aren't for the nations, but they're for us. That mostly is Romans, 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, 1st and 2nd Thessalonians, 1st and 2nd Timothy, Help me here. Hebrews, James, First and Second Peter, First, Second, and Third John, Revelation. Oh, I left out. Jude, Philemon, Titus. I left all the little books out, didn't I? Well, I got the big ones. Hallelujah. So those are mostly the books that are written to the church. 
And the Gospels are mostly written to the Jews. It's the account when Jesus was walking the earth before the crucifixion, he was ministering to Jews. He said, I was sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel, wasn't he? Now, what he said he was sent to, and he was sent to them. He was ministering to them based on their law, based on the law of Moses, based on how they interpreted the law. And so there's many principles in the Gospels that we can take, but not all of that was written to us. Let me give you an example. Actually, the Jews are going to, in the tribulation, they're going to get into the book of Matthew because the book of Matthew tells them exactly what to do when they see the abomination of desolation. It tells them what to do. But that's not for us because we're not going to see the abomination of desolation. We may see it on the big screen while we're at the marriage supper of the Lamb. That may be the entertainment at the marriage supper of the Lamb. Huge big screen. No, I don't know. That might not be too exciting. The abomination of desolation. Well, it may all be exciting to watch Jesus. He tells them in the book of Matthew, he said, now, when somebody says, here's the Christ, don't be running here and there to see the Christ. He tells them how he's going to split the sky, and that's what's going to happen right at the end of the battle of Armageddon. He's going to split the sky wide open. He tells them all that in the book of Matthew, but that's not for us. I'd like to see that on big screen, though, wouldn't y'all? And hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. So we have to divide the Word of God if we don't, will get real messed up in our doctrine. The fears that you have. I know I had a lot of fears when I was a little Baptist girl because, man, I tell you, the things that were talked about in there about the abomination of desolations, you know, a lot of times before we get our mind renewed, we're majoring on the minors. You know, majoring on the abomination of desolation, we ain't going to be there. Majoring on the mark of the beast, and we're not going to be there to take it. We're not even going to be here to get the mark of the beast. And we was always worrying about the mark of the beast. <laughs> you know, just worry, worry, worry over the mark of the beast. Well, we needed some teaching, didn't we? Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. So it's important that we divide the word of God that way. And the church has wrongly divided the word, and they've gone over there and just whooped people that have been divorced. Oh, my God, you're an adulterer. You remarried. Well, he wasn't even talking to the church. He is talking to the Jews about their law. About their law. Hallelujah. We won't marry people. But there's one church, I won't call that denomination out. You can divorce, I mean, if it just has to happen, but don't you ever remarry or you'll be an adulterer. And I know one lady in Seminole, she's a real young lady and she's raised four kids by herself. And even then, she's second-class citizen in that church because she has been divorced. And, you know, we've just taken the Word of God and just not rightly divided and hurt people with it. Hurt people with the Word of God. Know a lot of hurt people. Preachers that can't preach in certain denominations because you can't be a pastor. You can never be ordained to preach in their churches if you've ever been divorced. It's like God puts your sin in the sea of His forgetfulness except for divorce. And somebody said, I should have murdered him instead of divorcing him. I could have been forgiven. <laughs> Hallelujah. I could have been something in the church if I'd have just committed murder instead of divorce. Hallelujah. Well, I mean, is, is that the stupidest thing? See, religion is stupid. It is stupid to think that murder is better than divorce. Hallelujah. But they'll forgive a murderer, and they'll get out of prison and, and ordain them to preach in their church. But you've been divorced, you can't preach in our church. You can't get that ignorant on your own. 
That supernatural ignorance. Now, I was that ignorant one time. Supernatural ignorance is when the devil's helping you be that ignorant. You know, it is. In Texas, we say ignorance gone to seed. Big crop, a big crop of ignorance. That's what I said. First Thessalonians 5.23, getting over to our subject, rightly dividing the word of truth. Verse 23, and the very God of peace sanctify you holy. I like that word holy. Holy. Uh, it's not talking about H-O-L-Y. It's talking about the entire part, the whole thing. The God of peace sanctify you means set you apart. Holy. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and soul, and body be preserved blameless. One version says intact and functioning. Boy, when I got a hold of this scripture... I say this scripture all the time. The God of peace sanctifies me wholly, and he is my whole, preserving my whole spirit, soul, and body, blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The next verse, faithful is he that calleth you, who also will do it. Hallelujah. Intact. Your body intact. Every part functioning. That means you got all your parts, and they're all functioning. When Jesus Christ comes back, or if he tarries, when you uh, leave by departure. Don't have to be sick to die. One lady asked Brother Copeland, because he is teaching on healing, well, how will we ever die if we don't get sick? And you know, it's appointed unto man once to die. They just major on that scripture. And you know, well, it is appointed unto man once to die. And if Jesus tarries and we don't have the rapture, you will die. But you do not have to die sick. We die by departure. That means we get up that morning and we call all our kids and say, I see you on the other side. And then they always say, oh, granny, you know, oh, granny. Because, you know, especially if you've been one of those that cried wolf. You know how your kinfolks that want you to come for Christmas always say, this might be granny's last Christmas. They're trying to manipulate you. Granny's been having her last Christmas for the last 20 years, you know, because they're manipulating you with granny's last Christmas. Y'all have kinfolks like that? <laughs> Hallelujah. Everybody does. The devil doesn't have any new tricks. And the devil's the manipulator, using people. But anyway, spirit, soul, and body, you have three parts. We're, well, I'm just having a good time, but I'm not talking about spirit, soul, and body. <laughs> Hallelujah. Sanctify your whole spirit and soul and body. And so we have three parts. Man is in three parts. God is in three parts, and we're created in God's image. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, and we are spirit, soul, and body. Now, spirit is the Greek word. I'm going to give you some definitions tonight. Pneuma. P-N-E-U-M-A. Pneuma. And it means the immortal part. It's the immortal part. You are immortal. You are immortal. The spirit of man is immortal, saved or unsaved. A lot of times people teach wrong. They'll say, you need to get saved so you can live forever. Have eternal life. You're going to have eternal life whether you get saved or not. You be maybe in heaven or you may be in hell. We know eternal life's not talking about length of life. It's talking about the life as God has it. It's eternal zoe. We've been taught that. So it's the immortal part. Now the soul is the suke. P-S-U-C-H-E. Suke. And it is your mind, your will, and your emotions predominantly. Your mind, your will, your emotions. Brother Lester Summerall said, the strongest part of man is his will. 
about soul, it is the animal sentient, S-E-N-T-I-E-N-T, Dakes, Finnis Dake that said that, the animal sentient. Webster's meant responsive to or conscience of sense impressions. It's the part of you that is responsive to or conscious of sense impressions. In other words, it's the part of you that responds to the five senses, to what you see, what you hear, what you feel, smell, and taste. It's your soul. Your soul also contains your conscience and your personality. Your personality is in your soul. Your body is the Greek word soma, S-O-M-A. And Finnis Dake, this is what he says, I thought this was good. The body is the house of the soul and spirit and goes back to dust again at death and becomes immortal in the resurrection. The body is the house of the soul and spirit and goes back to dust again at death and becomes immortal in the resurrection. You are looking at my body, but you are talking to my soul but the real me is inside. The real me is inside. In Genesis 3.19, it says, In the sweat of thy face shalt thou eat bread, till thou return unto the ground. For out of it wast thou taken, for dust thou art, and unto dust shalt thou return. So our bodies are going to go back to dust if we die, or when we die. Our bodies will go back to dust. We put way too much emphasis, though, on the body. God puts hardly any emphasis on the body. 1 Corinthians 15, 54 says, So when this corruptible, this is talking about the resurrection now, so when this corruptible, that's our body, shall put on incorruption, and this mortal shall have put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. Jesus conquered death, hell, and the grave, but the last enemy to be put under our feet is death, and that's when we get our glorified, resurrected bodies. And they will no longer be subject to any pain or any sickness or any disease, and we'll be walking through walls. And we will do that in the millennial reign of Christ. Brother Copeland said he had a vision, and you know, there are going to be people still here after the tribulation who will still have their natural bodies. And some of them will be saved and some of them won't be saved. They will be bearing children still. So there will be people here after the tribulation in the millennial reign. They'll still be bearing children. Uh, Brother Copeland said he had a vision and it was a group of people that were still in their natural bodies. And they were standing over there whispering and they were saying, There, look over there. That's the glorified ones. And they were just in awe of us because we had our glorified bodies. Amen. So I think that is awesome, don't you? Another thing that is called is our tent. Sometimes you've heard people call it your earth suit. You've got your earth suit on. And you know we put so much emphasis on it, way too much emphasis on it. And Peter talked to us about not putting so much emphasis on this body. Man, they're putting emphasis on it. They're having, you know, they're just having extreme makeovers and they're cutting up every part. I heard just a brief thing on TV the other night about some lady 26 years old or something and had 26 plastic surgeries already. I'm like, my Lord in heaven. And they look plastic too when they get through, you know. They have Botox treatments and then nothing moves on their face. They can't show expression. You can't. It kills it and you can't lift your eyebrows or anything. You're expressionless. You have no movement. 
And the reason for that, we're putting way, 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 way too much emphasis on the body. And the devil wants us to put emphasis on our body versus emphasis on the inner man. Amen, because we have an inner man. So let's put some stuff up on the board. And so let's put God up. And Him is light, and there is no darkness of all. We put God up. This is the spirit, soul, and body of the lost man, the sinner. This is the sinner who's not been born again. And uh, sometimes we forget how dark the darkness is, don't we? This is Jesus, and it's also the born-again man when the mind's renewed. And when the mind has begun, begun to be so renewed that it's getting over into the soul and bringing light to the soul. When you first receive the Lord, your spirit gets born again. Hallelujah. Everybody can understand that? Your spirit changes from darkness, from this, to this. Hallelujah. But the soul of man, he still looks like this. His soul, his mind's not renewed. His will's not submitted to God. His emotions are not under the control of the Holy Ghost. And so sometimes people can be saved and act kind of bad, act pretty bad. And a lot of people, well, they didn't get saved. Well, yeah, they did to their soul. They've still got an unrenewed mind. See, we've been taught we got 20 souls saved in our revival. Well, they did not. They got 20 people, 20 spirits saved. 20 spirits born again. But they didn't get any souls saved in that revival. Because it's a progression to get your soul saved. It's by the renewing of the mind that the soul gets saved. It begins to act saved, should we say. I'm not saying you're schizophrenic, your soul's going to hell and your spirit's going to heaven. I'm talking about it takes a progression for the soul man to begin to line up. And that's why you'll have somebody get born again. They might go out the next weekend and go to the bar. But a lot of people would tell you, well, they didn't get saved. And we need to pray again, and they need to come back down the altar. No, they don't. They need to get a renewed mind. You know, we sing a song. Something on the inside, working on the outside. You know, if we just will teach them, this spirit man on the inside will start working on them, and their desires will start to change. And some people get instant desire change. Some people's desires don't change instantly. They'll quit wanting to sin, and, and they'll have light that sins wrong. I know I always tell the story about Sandy Brown. She's an evangelist. I don't know where she's at now, but I think she's still around. But we used to hear a lot about her in the charismatic days. She was a playboy bunny in Las Vegas and got saved. Well, you know, she was born again, and she was excited. She knew God had saved her. Boy, she knew there had been a change in her life. But she was a baby. She didn't have any concept of what was right or what was wrong. And so she'd go out on her lunch hour on the uh, strip in Las Vegas, and she had her trunk of her car full of tracks and all sorts of stuff. And she'd go down, and, and she'd just wear a Playboy bunny suit down there on the strip, and she'd pass out tracks and witness to people. And she was out there winning the loss because she was happy. Jesus had saved her. But before long, the Holy Ghost got a hold of her and got her out of that Playboy bunny suit. And I thank God that when she was traveling in the ministry, she wasn't still wearing that. Praise God. And sometimes the body, the flesh, is maybe still sick because it takes the renewal of the mind. A lot of times you get healed at the same time you get saved. Probably depends on where you got saved 
and how much they knew. Yeah. Amen? They thought your healing passed away. Well, you probably didn't get healed when you got saved, but you can. You can. That can happen. Let's look at some scriptures tonight. Let's look at 1 Peter 3, verse 4. And we'll look at some scriptures about the Spirit tonight. 1 Peter 3, 4. It says, But let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. So Peter talks here about the hidden man of the heart. That's the spirit man. He's talking about the man that is hid on the inside of you. It's the real you. And he says something very important there. He says this man is incorruptible. Now, Dake's Bible, but in the finished Dake's Bible, it lists uh, 28 things, I believe it was. Yeah, 28 things that can be wrong with your spirit. See, we've taught this, though, in Christian churches, which we should have never done. They say you can have a wounded spirit. Or a haughty spirit. And he lists 28 different things. A troubled spirit. An anguished spirit. A jealous spirit. A sorrowful spirit. A broken spirit. And he lists 28 things. I didn't take time to write them all down. But I looked at his references. And every reference he gave for having a troubled spirit. A haughty spirit. All of those were old Testament. He gave not one, not one, not one New Testament scripture. Why? Because when you're born again, your spirit is perfect. Your spirit man is perfect. Like Pastor Buzzy said, your spirit man's also smart. And this man is perfect. And in your spirit, you're not haughty. You may be in your soul, but you're not. You're not sorrowful in your spirit. You're not, I've got a burden in my spirit. No, you don't have any burdens in your spirit. Now, you have work to do, but there's a difference in that. And we'll see that as we look at some of these scriptures. Look at Matthew 26, verse 41. Now, in the Old Testament, when the word spirit is used, it's always used prophetically. Now, sometimes they use the word spirit to just mean uh, the spirit of God. They use spirit in different ways. But when it's talking about the human spirit, it's always talking prophetically. God always dealt with their soul in the Old Testament. He never talked to them about their spirit. Why? Because there wasn't one frazzling thing they could do about it. Their spirit man looked just like this. And there was not one thing until Jesus died and was resurrected. He shed his blood. There was not one thing they could do about it. They could honor God with their soul. They could worship Him. And this is what the old covenant man looked like. This I wrote this as the Old Testament saint. This was what Abraham looked like. You know, he had a limited, renewed mind as far as the revelation he could get from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, the Old Covenant, the Old Testament, and even some of that hadn't been written when he was there, so God specifically spoke to him. So he had a limited, renewed mind, and because he had a covenant that if he would obey the Lord God, he could have healing in his body. So Abraham walked in health. Abraham walked in prosperity. because Why? Because he had a covenant with God, and as long as he kept the rules... As long as he kept the rules, he could have these things. But there was nothing that God could do for him spiritually. And in fact, the Bible says his spirit was trapped. It was, there's a scripture that talks about his, the spirit being trapped. It was trapped. It was trapped. It was, there's nothing he could do. Hallelujah. And when he died, he went to a place, a holding place. He didn't go to hell. He went to paradise. They went to paradise. It was a holding tank. And uh, Jesus descended into the 
bowels of the earth and went there. And the Bible says he set captivity captive. Hebrews chapter 12 says they saw it by faith even though they couldn't have it. They knew it. They knew about the redemption. They knew. Job said, I know my Redeemer liveth. And he said, and he will provide a ransom for me. And hallelujah, and it was all prophetic. And he knew it, but he couldn't have it. The Bible says in Hebrews 12, they all died in faith, not having received the promise. And Jesus went to those Old Testament believers because they believed, and he set them free, and they're walking heaven right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. But they were not born again. And they looked at the church and they were envious. The prophets saw it and they said they were envious of the church, of what we had. Man, we got so much. We got it all. And we don't have to beg for it. We don't have to plead for God to touch us, to heal us. We don't have to wait and reach out and touch His garment as He walked by. Bless God. I got healing living right on the very inside of me. Hallelujah. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And He's living in me right on the inside of me. And I just have to call it forth and take my stand against the devil. And if I'm sitting around waiting on God, I guarantee you I'll be waiting on Him when the rapture comes. Because He's already bought and paid for it. And He said in 1 Peter 2, 24, By His stripes ye were healed. Not you're going to be, I'm going to get healed. I know God's going to heal me. No, you won't if you say it that way. You'll hang yourself on a technicality. Because you are already healed. You're just as healed as you are saved. You're just as healed as you are saved tell you there's a time in my life my body was lying my body was lying and I had symptoms in my body and I didn't know what they were and the doctors couldn't figure out what they were a lot of times when the doctors can't figure what it is you know what it is it's a devil it's a spirit of infirmity and I'd walk around and I'd walk my house and and I'd say I'm just as healed as I am saved I don't have to reach out and tuck his garment I don't have to press through the crowd hallelujah to get to him I got him I received him, and he is mine. And if I don't have it yet, I need to know more. I need more of a revelation on the inside of me and my soul of what I've already got. Y'all got that? Matthew 26, look in verse 41. Watch and pray that ye enter not into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. See two parts there? The spirit. Your spirit's always willing, always ready to go. Your spirit wants to go to church every service. Your spirit wants to praise God, wants to lift its hands. Your spirit wants to speak in tongues, bless God. And it's your flesh that's fighting you and your soul that's fighting you. And your flesh is saying, don't lift your hands. Stand there like a knot on the log. And the devil's talking to you. He don't want you to. He's afraid you might get something. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Turn to Luke 2.40. You are strong in the Lord. You are strong on the inside. You can get stronger. From the scriptures, we find out that your spirit is incorruptible. It can't be haughty. It can't be. It's right. It's right with God. It is right with God. You're right with God in the inner man. You may ascend today, but you're right with God in the inner man. Because God's not looking on the flesh. He knew the flesh was weak. 
He just said it right there. And you die tonight, you're not going to go to hell because you sinned today because your spirit's right with God. And he's looking at the spirit man. And he's going to say, they received me and they're right with me. Amen. St. Peter don't want to have a thing in the world to do with it. You know, in the jokes, St. Peter's always deciding up there whether you can go in or not. Well, help, let me tell you something. You won't even get to the door to talk to St. Peter if you aren't right with God. Right. <laughs> you'll be in hell so fast, that darkness will just... You'll just be sucked right down to it if you have not received Jesus Christ as your Savior. And the child, talking about Jesus, grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Well, Jesus never did have to be born again. He was born of a virgin, so it wasn't passed to him through the bloodstream. So Jesus was born with, with his spirit, quiet and clean and pure. From this scripture, we gather that our spirit can grow. Our spirit can get stronger. It cannot be corrupted but it can grow, it can get stronger, it can be strengthened. It can be strengthened, but it cannot be corrupted. It can't be burdened, troubled, sorrowful, broken. People that her spirit's just broken. No, her heart may be broken. And you hear those kind of things in Christian circles. But it's not the truth. And we need to rightly divide these things because when you realize that your spirit's got it all, that you're strong in your spirit, you'll, I tell you, it'll perk you up. It'll perk you up. You'll act different. Luke 8, verse 54. And he put them all out and he took her by the hand and called, saying, Maid, arise. And her spirit came again. And she arose straight. She had died and her spirit had left her. The Bible says her spirit came again. Her spirit came again. You know, I was listening to Billy Brim's daughter, Shelly Brim Oaks, tell her testimony how when she had her last baby, she got three staph infections, three hospital staph infections. Boy, she was dying. She was dying, and they couldn't figure out what was wrong with her. The doctor came in and says, well, i got good news and bad news. Is The good news, we figured out what it is. It's three staph infections, three different staph infections. That's the good news. The bad news is you'll be dead by morning. Billy said, I wanted to slap him. Her spirit would leave her body. It would come out of her body. And then it would come back, and, and her mother was praying. Her spirit would leave, and she said, oh, I wanted to go. I wanted to go and be with Jesus. So she came back into her body, and she said to her mother, Mother, she realized it was her mother's prayers that was keeping her, and because she could hear her mother praying when she was up out of her body. And so she said to her mother, Mother, I want to go. Quit praying. I want to go. And her mother said, I don't want to raise your babies. <laughs> and she said that made her so mad. Shelly, she said, that made me so mad that she didn't want to raise my precious babies. And she said, you know, I needed to get mad. And I got mad. And she got mad. She got up. Amen. Hallelujah. Okay. So, go to Luke 23, 46. So that little girl's spirit came back to her. That's the spirit man, 2346. I've heard people say that when you die, it just kind of goes out of your mouth. Your spirit will just kind of come out your mouth. And people have actually been at the top of the room in the operating room and looked down on their body and it looked like, oh, it just looked like death, you know, just gray and cold. And they just hovered over their body in the operating room and watched the doctors working on it and trying to revive it. I've heard, y'all have heard all that. Amen. 2346. And when Jesus had cried with a loud voice, he said, Father, unto thy hands I commend my spirit. 
And having thus said thus, he gave up the ghost. So sometimes our spirit, that's the ghost in us. That's the spirit man. Hallelujah. Don't be messing around with ghosts because they're real. They're real. They're demons. There's ghosts. I mean, we think, oh, that's just play. Casper the friendly ghost. No, it's a devil. It may act friendly, but it's a devil. When you got that kind of mess in your house, you're inviting demon spirits to come in and make you sick. So get rid of the Harry Potter. Get rid of that stuff. John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he is old? How can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? See, Nicodemus is looking at it from the flesh side. How can he go back into the womb? I don't understand this, you know, because he's what is he doing? He's looking at the body. He's just saying, How can that happen? I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit. He cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. You know, one thing that we need to always remember in verse 6 is flesh is flesh, and spirit is spirit. That will keep you all straightened out on a bunch of stuff. Turn to John 4, verse 24. God is a spirit. And they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. You know, until you're born again, you can't even worship God. I mean, you sing songs because it's got to come from the Spirit. That's what he's talking about there. Acts 7, verse 59. Acts 7, verse 59. And it says, And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, and he was calling upon God when they stoned him, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. Now see, he didn't say, God, receive my soul. Save my... No, he said, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. We'll say, well, why do people say that? We're going to get souls saved tonight. Because they've taken, they've mixed their doctrine with Old Testament doctrine. They mix the scriptures. Now, we can read from the Old Testament. We can learn principles. We can see their faith. We can learn all sorts of things from the Old Testament. But we can't say we're them. And, and this is how it is for me, too. You can't liken yourself to King David. Because you aren't like King David. King David would have given anything to be like you. Let's go to Romans chapter 7, verse 22. Just see all these scriptures about the Spirit. After we teach this, you'll just, well, you'll read a scripture, you'll go, okay, now. Because there's some scriptures you have to think about it. You have to say, now, is he talking about my soul here or is he talking about my spirit here? And you have to divide that out. Romans 7, 22, he said, For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. See, this inward man, I just said it. Boy, this inward man delights in the law of God, delights in hearing the word preached. This man delights in worshiping God. Hallelujah. He delights in the law of God after the inward man. But there's this other part, our soul and our body, that we have to put in subjection. Like we may have to come to church some night and boy, we don't feel like praising God and Kevin's singing and we're there revved up and oh man, I don't feel like it. So what do you say? Soul, arise. I'm telling you, you know, get the spirit man in charge. You get in there. But David said to his soul, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. He was telling himself what to do. And you got to tell your soul what to do. Your soul wants to be depressed sometimes. Your soul wants to mope. Your soul wants to pout. 
Your soul wants to be mad because your wife didn't do something you liked. You know, she didn't have supper ready. If my husband got mad because supper wasn't ready, he'd be mad all the time. Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> Good thing. Romans 8, 16. We're not hurting at our house. Amen. Romans 8, 16. So you got to tell your soul what to do. We tell our flesh what to do. Tell body, um, you know, I hurt my leg two Saturdays ago. I started saying on Saturday, I said, I will go to church in the morning. I will. I will. And so you, the body knew it had to cooperate. And it doesn't happen overnight. You know, you have authority to speak to your body. Pain, I command you to leave in Jesus' name. You have that kind of authority over your body. Now it's going to take, you know, it's kind of like a dog. The first time you say sit, does the dog sit? It takes training, doesn't it? Some bodies are stubborner than others. My dog was a stubborn little pup, and she ain't sit yet. <laughs> I promise you. She has not sit yet, and, you know, she just ignores you when you say, come, Romans eight sixteen. The Spirit itself... Beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. The Spirit of God is bearing witness with your spirit. So something inside of you saying, yes, 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 yes. Praise God. Hallelujah. Your spirit saved and it knows that it is. You know, your mind will tell you you aren't even saved. My Lord, you sinned. You're not even saved. You don't even feel saved. Boy, did you ever get up in the morning and not feel saved? You know, the devil says you're depressed, and people say, yeah, I'm depressed. You agree with the devil. Hallelujah. That's not the truth. You don't have to take it. You don't have to take it. You say, no, no. I'm not going to be in self-pity. I'm not going to be depressed. I refuse depression. You know how people get in deep, dark depression? They take it the first time. Then they take it the second time. They get out of it, but they just keep taking it over and over and over until finally it's a stronghold. It's gotten in them. Amen. Uh, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11. You're born again. Right. Here's how God thinks. He thinks when He saved you, He fixed everything. You're fixed now. You are in bad shape. But when you got saved, He thinks He fixed everything. In His mind, you don't never need another doctor. Now, we still go to Him because our minds aren't completely renewed. We're not against doctors. Hallelujah. Go to Him when we need Him. But in his mind, he fixed it. In God's mind, hospitals are for the sinner. We need them for sinners. But in his mind, you'll never need another one. That's how he's planning. He's a faith God. He's believing you'll never need it. Hallelujah. Because he fixed everything. Hallelujah. And I guarantee you, you get your mind renewed and you'll need it less and less. I know when we got baptized in the Holy Ghost, before that, I had a standing appointment at the pediatrician for my kid every Monday morning. I was just like clockwork. I was there. I mean, he was sick all the time because his mother was dumb, mostly. And my little grandmother would start witnessing to me, and she told me to anoint him with oil. So I was Baptist, but I didn't have any renewed mind. So I got the baby oil out, and I went in there and anointed him, and God healed him. Amen. 1 Corinthians 2.11 For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of a man which is in him, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of a man? Your spirit knows everything about you. Your spirit's got the solution to the problem. Your spirit knows what you're supposed to do. Your spirit knows what the plan of God for your life is. Your spirit already knows. It's been imprinted with it. 
Your spirit is smart. Your spirit's got the wisdom. You've already got... Jesus has been made unto us wisdom, righteousness, and sanctification. You've already got the wisdom of God right here. You don't even have to beg God for wisdom. Oh, God, we need wisdom. You got it right there. You got it on the inside of you. Just renew your mind. Just getting your mind renewed and receiving it. And I'll tell you how you get it out is praying in the Holy Ghost. You get all of that stuff out of you by praying in the Holy Ghost. You pray in the Holy Ghost... You draw that out. The Bible says that when we pray in the Spirit, we pray mysteries. So let's go to 1 Corinthians six seventeen. But he that is joined unto the Lord is one Spirit. You're one Spirit with God. Your Spirit, God's Spirit, one and the same inside of you. Okay, 1 Corinthians 14, 14. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my Spirit prayeth. My Spirit prayeth. Say that with me. My Spirit prayeth. When you pray in tongues, it's not your head praying. It's not your soul praying. It's not your mind praying. It's not your flesh praying. It's your spirit praying. Hallelujah. Praying out the mysteries of God. Praying out that wisdom, that truth. Hallelujah. Pray in tongues as much as you can. All the time. All the time. Walking through the house. Driving the car. When I'm driving my car, I'm doing one of two things. I'm either praying in tongues or I'm listening to a teaching tape. Sometimes I'm doing both, but... I'm always doing one or the other. Whichever, you know, sometimes I'll get in my car and I think, I'm going to listen to a teaching tape, but I'm already praying in tongues and I realize the anointing is there to keep praying in tongues and so I don't break the anointing. But sometimes I get in my car and, and I don't have a real strong issue, so I'll listen to a teaching tape. Hallelujah. So do just follow the anointing that's in your heart. 2 Corinthians 2.13 And if you don't speak in tongues, that's your problem. If you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, that's your problem. The light comes on. I didn't even understand the Word of God when I read it until I got baptized in the Holy Ghost. There was no sense in me reading. I didn't understand none of it. I didn't understand any of it. And I was saved, but I didn't understand it. And the light came on. 2 Corinthians 2.13 I had no rest in my spirit because I found not Titus my brother. But taking my leave of them, I went from thence into Macedonia. So we need to understand this because I said a little bit about this a while ago. Your spirit has work to do. I just read a scripture about praying in the spirit. Praying out the mysteries. That's part of your spirit's job is to pray out the mysteries. And when you've got work to do, you can't rest. And so our spirits are never troubled, but sometimes they have work to do. And you will sense you're not at rest and you need to do something. You need to give vent to that. He said, I didn't have rest in my spirit. In other words, I wasn't through with my job. I needed to pray. I needed to pray this thing out all the way. We don't so much have a, bur I have a burden in my spirit and I feel real sad and down and depressed. Well, I don't believe that. Not in your spirit. And I believe sometimes the enemy tries to come in on our soul because of other people's problems. But I do believe that we have a job to do and our spirit has a job to do. And so he didn't find rest because he had work to do. Let me just read the rest of the scriptures to you and you write them down. 2 Corinthians 4.16, write that down. Galatians 6.18, Ephesians 3.16, 2 Timothy 4.22, and Hebrews 4.12. That was all the scriptures we were going to go over tonight. And you can go over those at home. And then next week, what I plan to do is I plan to give you some scriptures on the soul. And we plan to talk about the soul of man more in depth, okay?